And I believe with Brother Ken, I tell you, your life, this world can be changed in a breath, in a split second, the kind of God that we serve. All right, in verse 16, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire and bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I have created the waster to destroy. We're going to title it this morning, I have created what God has already created. He's not fixing to create. He's already done. Brother Michael and I was up here this morning and I praying and the presence of the Lord was really rich here. And uh, the good things of God is up on our lives. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he don't tend to do nothing else. It's over with. What he ever intended to do, he's done it. And all we're going to have to learn how to do is accept what he has said and let it be in our lives. So I have created. The word smith, it means a fabrication or a fabricator. It builds something, a carpenter or a mason are skillful such as wrought. You found that also in Jeremiah 18, 3 and 6 when he was working on the clay, the potter. It was in his hand. I want you to notice the clay was broken in his hand or marred in his hand. He didn't give up and quit. He made it into another vessel. When things happen in our lives, sometimes God is intended to make us in another vessel, something bigger and better what he did. And the word smith here, he creates weapons. We are a weapon in the hands of God. He can do nothing without us, and we can do nothing without him. He's already a created something, and he's the smith that bloweth the coals. This word comes from fabrication many years ago. I saw a place one time where they take a tube and reached in a hot glass pit and got glass and blew it and shaped it. And that's what it means here. God is blowing in our lives and shaping us the way he wants us to be. We have a wonderful God that's doing things for us. That's what he's talking about here, the smith that bloweth the coals. God blesses Adam, and he did not become a living soul until God put his mouth upon Adam and blew, he was, God was the smith blowing into his life, and he became a living soul. And what God wants to do today is put his lips on our lips and blow into our lives constantly and consistently the life of God. We have the life of God. If you don't have the life of God, God wants you to have his life inside you, and your old nature is gone. Now he said, I have created a destroyer. He's going to create, not going to, but he's already created a destroyer that comes against the powers of the darkness of hell. How many know the battle's not ours? The battle belongs to God. He destroys anything that comes against you by faith, by faith. Brother Ken done a good job on Deuteronomy 28. If conditions has to be met. I tell you, the blessings of God doesn't just flow freely. 
there's conditions has to be made. It's throughout the Scripture. When you meet the condition, then he will flow into us the wonderful things of God. Jesus blew in his disciples and said, Receive you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost had not yet been given, but on the day of Pentecost, there came a rushing mighty wind, and it blew upon these people, and they received the Holy Ghost with evidence speaking in tongue. Not only that, they received the fire. Christians are to have fire in their lives. Everybody ought to say amen. He blows the life of God in you, then you have fire in your life. God is a consuming fire. And it's so important to be filled with the Spirit of God called the fire of God will burn up the chaff that needs not to be in our life. And, and David said, I pray earnestly, Lord, reveal to me my secret faults. God wants us to be pure and clean. He's already cleansed things in us and blessed us. How many know that you're blessed beyond measure? There's no way you can be greater blessed than that. God's Spirit blows and creates us a vessel for the Master's use. A vessel for the Master's use. In Exodus 3, 31, you don't need to turn there. He's talking about Herod's grandson. I would like to say that God wants your children in the church. It's the Bible's full of that for your children, offspring, to be in the church. And here he said to Herod's son, grandson, he said, I have filled him with the Spirit of God. I've put wisdom in him. I've put understanding in him. I've put knowledge in him that he might do all types of workmanship for my kingdom. I added the word kingdom. Our, what God gives us is not for our personal use. It's for the kingdom of God. If you notice, Jesus was always kingdom-minded. He didn't have one mind, and that was the kingdom of God. Then in verse 4, he said, to devise cunning works, work of gold and silver and brass. And also it went on to talk about timber. Then at verse 6, it says, I have given him of all soul men to help him. And I appreciate what they're doing here in the church. These brothers are coming together. They're making decisions to try to make things better. God, not only are you by yourself, and Peggy and I want to say we thank you for your prayers. She's got a little back setback after something happened the other day. Appreciate your prayers. I mean, you know, it's good to have a family praying for you. I mean, you know, every cell in your body feeds this body. Everybody in the body of Christ feeds one another. You can feel the blessings of God when people are praying for you because you are connected with them. And the blessings of God are put on us in abundantly, super abundantly, the divine enlargement. We're not normal people. Paul said, I'm a fool for Christ. You know, that don't make him normal. You're abnormal. You're not normal. You're a super abundant person. Feel with the Spirit of God. Have the Christ-like Spirit inside of us and the wonderful blessings of God. And it says, The little one shall become a thousand, and a small one shall become a nation. God uses everybody. The children are just as important to God as the pastor is. Sunday school teachers are more important to the children than the pastor is. Some people say, Well, they need to know the pastor. They need to know Jesus. 
Huh? They need to be taught to know Jesus. Those children, some of them don't even know who I am. And they never, it's not important they know who I am. It's important they know who you are. You are their pastor. I learned that from going to Dr. Fred Lowry's church many years ago. I forgot it. Uh, Elmer Town. He taught all over this nation about how important Sunday school was and how important Sunday school teachers was to the children. They reveal to you some things they're not going to reveal to nobody else. They'll make prayer requests. Sister Linda, I know she's heard them make prayer requests. It's sort of shocking because they got confidence in you. You're their pastor. You're their teacher. You're their leader. You're their guide. We all have an important role to play in the kingdom of God. There's no big ones and no little ones. I want you to notice, if you ever read the book of Jude, it says, James is my brother. He didn't mind the second place because he knew what he was doing. And we need to contend earnestly for the faith that's once given to the church that we have the same type of faith they had in the book of Acts. We're to have the same experience in the church that they had in the book of Acts because the church is still the same and God is still the same. And it says these things are wonderful things of God that blessed in our lives. Divine favor reaches the children of God. We're going to come back to that in a minute. How many believe right now you would verbally say, I have divine favor of God? I only seen two hands go up. We have the divine. I'm going to quote you here in a minute where they said that. They had the favor of God. When you believe you have the favor of God, you are blessed beyond measure. You're going to have some problems, but you're blessed beyond measure. Brother, the devil may have attacked your flesh, but he can't attack your spirit. Because there's been a waster, destroyer, been come. It's already, he said, I have created a waster or destroyer that comes against your spirit, that comes against you. Listen, all the devils in hell can't come against you because one angel is with you. You ought to say an angel is with me. He's designated angels to be around us and help us and bless us in everything we do. You're blessed in everything you do. And it goes on to say here, and all the children shall be disciplined of Jehovah. The great shall be the peace of their children. I think one of the greatest things that God has given us when he gives us the Spirit of God is peace. You ought to say amen. Your life is to be full of peace. You may have troubles. You may have just, Peggy and I went to see Jim the other day, was in the lockdown down there, and he put that mask on, and the doctors don't know what's happened. Her face is swollen so bad, and it broke out in a rash. But I want you to know you got to have peace in your life. Your flesh may not be satisfied, but God can satisfy you with the peace of God. He is the Prince of Priests. I have created peace for your life. I have created a destroyer that comes against you. I've already created him to destroy the things that comes against you. He is right with us at all times. There's not a moment in our life he's not with us. And Jesus quoted this same scripture. How I many you know the Bible, Paul used it more than any apostle in the Bible. Jesus used it more than anybody else. It's called Remez. He quoted what the Old Testament said about him. 
Brother Sam done a wonderful job recently saying about the Old Testament and New Testament. It is all of the plan of God, and it's called remenes. They go back and pull what the prophet of old has said and brought into the new part of the life. And this is what Jesus said in John 6, 45. It is written in the prophets, they shall all be taught of God. How many know you need a teacher in your life? Can I have an amen? The Bible said the Holy Ghost is your teacher. He will lead you and guide you in all the truth. Jesus says, I am the truth, and he will say not anything except what I tell him to say. The peace of God, I believe it. Not only the peace of God for your spirit, it'll do good to your flesh. Huh? Worry, fear, and anxiety will affect your flesh. Not only affect your peace in your life, I have created. I don't know where you feel what I feel in the kingdom of God. Rahab said, listen now, we have heard, that's past tense, what your God has done to the Egyptians, what God had done to the Red Sea. I don't know how she heard it. It's been 40 years, but she wasn't no television, wasn't no Facebook, wasn't anything that but said, we have heard what your, how many of you know the devil knows what your God has already done? He thought he had him defeated in the Garden of Gethsemane. He thought he had him defeated on the cross when he said, My God, why have thou forsaken me? He thought he had him defeated when he put him in the grave, but he didn't know the power of the greatness of God. He'd been cast out of heaven as lightning, but that old grave could not. How many know that used to sing a song, Brother Shelton Church used to sing a song, Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. And that lady would go way down. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. I'm a coming up. How many know that no sin can not keep you down. Problems in this world cannot keep you down. He's all, we, listen, Rahab said, we have heard what your God has done. And I want you to know if I do something for you, what are you going to do for me? She said, get all of your family up on the housetop and hang out a red string. Said, when we come, hallelujah, your family going to be destroyed. You ought to stand up and shout that your family preserved because of what God has already created. He's not about to do nothing. He wants you to believe the power that brought you out of the grave of sin is the power that of God can keep you in every place you go. Going to keep you in every place you go. Hallelujah. They heard. Said, we've heard what wonderful things you've done. Verse 16 again said, I have created the waster of destroyer. I've created him. You ought to be thankful every time the breath of God breathes on you. Ignites your spirit and blesses you like nothing else can. No weapon formed against you shall what? And I know the devil forms a lot of things, weapons against you, but it shall not prosper. Jesus said, destroy this body. I'll pick it up in three days. I want you to notice when you read the four gospel how many times Jesus said who he was. I want us to start practicing saying who we are. I am the light of the world. You ought to say that. I am the salt of the earth. Hallelujah. He said, lay my body down in that grave. 
I will pick it back up in three days. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. He got that body out. He talked about what God said he was. He said, I am the creator of life. He is the creator of things. The devil was shocked. And Paul said if they had really known who Jesus was, they would not have created him. They wouldn't have created him because they only had one to deal with. Mm. After the day of Pentecost, they had 3,000. The next day, they had 5,000. Spirit-filled Christian had the Christ in them. The devil's got 8,000 to fool with now. And then wasn't long at 10,000. It just kept growing and multiplying. I mean, you know, the devil, look, look at all of us in here that's filled with the Spirit of God. He only had the one to fool with with Jesus. Jesus was limited here on this earth. He had limitation. Everywhere he went, he had to walk. He had to eat like everybody else did. But he got him a glorified body. Amen? How many of you know that one day you're going to get a glorified body? When he come out of that grave, he removed the limitation. That's why he said, greater works you can do than what I've done because I have removed all of that from your life. The devil wants us to still talk like we did when we was lost and undone without God when we first born. How many know that you ought to be making progress in the kingdom of God? How many glad you're further along than what you used to be? Y'all remember that large lady who came from here from Houston? Black lady, she preached here. Y'all remember her? She walked down past that place back there. She said, I am not what I used to be. I may not be what I want to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. You ought to shout, thank God I am not what I used to be. I am a new creature in Christ. I've been born again. I have the power of God in my life because he has created me in his image and his likeness. Praise God. Thank God. Hallelujah. God wants us to get a hold of who we are. He don't want us to talk about what this and that. He wants us to talk about him. Created our life. Acts 12 and 7 said the angel of the Lord came unto Peter and shined in that place. How many could go to sleep tonight if you knew they were going to cut your head off in the morning? Anybody in here? If you knew they were going to cut your head off in the morning, the king heard he done proved what he said. He done cut James's head off. He said, I'm going to get you in the morning, but I'm going to just let you wait and worry about it in the morning. I want you to tell me right quick what Peter did in that jail. Shackles of chains, quadrants of soldiers. I want you to tell me, somebody shout out what he did while he was in that jail. Did what? No, not Peter. Paul did. Peter went to sleep. The peace of God shall rule your heart. When death is evident from coming upon you, the powers of the darkness of hell, the peace of God can cool you down and cause you a life of joyful. He went to sleep. Mm. Hallelujah. Don't you know that with a shock? What do you get a phone call at midnight? What do you think when you wake up? I know what happens around our place. But I say, that's somebody calling to give me a million dollars. 
God is calling me to tell me something. We're programming ourselves to believe the worst. We need to be reprogrammed to be the blessed that God has for us. He's willing to give us what he had freely without any cost what he's done for us. Hallelujah. Well, Peter said, what's going on here? I want you to notice he woke him up. He had to wake him up. My brother that was next to me died pretty young with heart problems. My mother had a hard time, Sister Sue, getting him up to go to work. He could not get up. He went to work for the Huntsville prison system, and my mama wondered, what in the world is he going to do to get up? This is what he did. He got him a dishpan and a large alarm clock. He set it across the room in that dishpan so when it went off, it would be so loud he would get up. But I want you to know Peter was asleep and the angel had to wake him up because God was in him. God was for him. God has created a destroyer. He wasn't going to worry about what happened to James and his head was going to be gone the next morning. I mean, I, I believe angels ought to be showing up to us. I'm, I'm the only one who believe you ought to be able to see angels. They've seen them in the book of Acts and we ought to be able to see them today. They're flaming ministering spirits that minister. Sometimes, hallelujah. Sister Sue said something in the Sunday school class a couple of weeks ago about a problem come up with her before she was. I think she said, I couldn't hear too good. I think she said, well, I'm fixing to pray about this. And God gave her the answer the next day. That is the presence of God living our lives that gives answers. Hallelujah. Y'all know the rest of the story about Peter. Hallelujah. He knocked on the door. And the woman opened the door ah, a ghost. They could not believe it. Church, they were praying for deliverance and didn't believe when he got delivered. Oh, my goodness. I've created. I've created the waster. I've created new life for you. Acts 8 and 26. The angel of the Lord appeared to Philip. I want to say again, I believe that the angels ought to be appearing to us. I believe they ought to come down and talk to us just like they did to them. God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's not changed. He appeared to Philip and told him what to do. And he went and did it. Hallelujah. Praise God. What maketh his angels spirits? He's created them like flames of fire. He's created them like wind. Like wind. How many believe the Lord by his spirit picked Philip up after he baptized the Ethiopian and carried him 34 miles away? How many believe God can do that for you today? Don't be of this group said, well, that was, the, that, that was when he was established the church. We are still being the established of the church. It's still going to be growth in the church. I, don't, I tell you, I feel the presence of the Lord here so strong this morning. I'm just overwhelmed with the presence of the Lord.
fire, I've heard Brother Donnie, Don Mollum say one time, fire will attract the whole community. I think when their house caught on fire, I don't know if the whole community came, but people came and watched that house burn. Listen, fire is attractive. That's why he baptized you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He baptized you with power and with fire. God told Abraham, said, I want you to make a sacrifice. He took him, told him five animals what to do, to cut them up, lay them together, piece by piece. Long, sure, they was touching one another. And he fought the fowls of the air. Can I have an amen? When God gives you a promise, you better get ready. When you try to grow and get closer to God, you better get ready. There's going to be more things. I cannot tell you. I wouldn't go to tell you the things in our house that's happened here lately. So much cost us expense. It cost us some other things. You better get ready. Hallelujah. David, I mean, Abraham fought the fowls of the air. Fowls, most of the time in the Scripture, means evil, wicked spirits. When God gives you a promise and God gives you a gift. I'll come to that again here in a minute. You better get ready. If you, how many want that gift to come to pass? Anybody here wants a gift to come to pass? You want the promise to come to pass? You better get ready, Brother James Clayton. The fowls of the air, the wicked spirits of darkness is going to attack what God has given you, and you're going to have to rise up and begin to fight the fowls, the evil spirits of darkness off of what God has given you. He hates God. He doesn't hate you. He doesn't care one dime about you. He hates God. But Abraham fought those fowls off the air. He kept them back until the time of the evening sacrifice. You're going to have, you say something? People say, tell me sometimes how you long you're going to have to fight until God comes down and accepts the sacrifice that he's given you, and then you can give up right then and there, not until then. There's a fight until the end. You're going to have to fight. You say, that's not very encouraging. The reason it's not encouraging because we don't see what's on the other side once the sacrifice is taken up. We can't see that. You see it by faith. You see, God has something better for you than you've ever thought before. There's a fight in this world of the things the devil trying to do for us. Elish, not Elisha, but Moses had been on the backside of the desert for 40 years. He was isolated. He was isolated. You read that. You just read some history about he was isolated for 40 years. All of a sudden, he looked up one day and what was happening? What? Say it out loud, Brother James. Fire was in the bush. That did not impress him. He didn't go look at the fire in the bush. He didn't go see what the fire in the bush was because he had seen bushes catch on fire for 40 years, but they burned up. But when he saw the fire in the bush and it wasn't consumed, it wasn't burnt up, he said, I'm going to turn aside. I believe it's time for the church to turn aside and start seeing some fire in the lives of people that don't burn up. Hallelujah. Don't let the problems of this world burn them up because there's a living fire on the inside. He turned aside to see this. You know, people will turn aside when they see the fire of God burning. And that's where God was, in the fire. God is in the fire. 
that baptized us with fire. You ought to thank God you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Exodus 3 tells you about that. When he turned aside, what a thing that he had. You know, it looked like, Sister Linda, that would have convinced him, right? And God said, I got a job for you. Throw your rod down. What happened? What happened? And Moses ran. And God said, go back and do what? Pick it up. That ought to have been convincing, Sister Diane. Huh? reason I'm telling you this, sometimes God has to work with us for a while to get us convinced. Is that right? I'm telling you, the devil will sow the seed of doubt in you and say, that really, oh, hallelujah. But God doesn't forgive up on you. Hallelujah. God stays with you until he gets you where he wants you to go. He said, put your hand inside. What happened? Listen, God is working with us. He's going to work with us until he gets us where he wants us to be. How many are glad for growth? Hallelujah. Uh, Brother Ken talking this morning. We ought to have more love for the Word of God than we ever had in our life. The Word of God is life, is spirit, is power, and is authority on the things of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ephesians 5 and 1 tells us we ought to imitate God. Hallelujah. Exodus 3.21, I will give this people, meaning Israel, favor. God says, I'm going to give them favor. It didn't look like they had favor. They've been in bondage for about 400 years. But he said, I'm going to give them favor. How many of your time has come when God is going to give you some favor? Hallelujah. It may be delayed, but don't go weary. God has spoken it. It shall come to pass. Get up and rejoice and glad when it's delayed, but it's, it's, it's on its way. Amen? Your blessing that God has promised you is already there. Already there. It's ready for you. Notice what he said here. I will give you favor in the sight of the Egyptian. Now, the Egyptian is going to see the favor that I'm going to pour on you. It shall come to pass. When you go out of this land, hallelujah, you're not going to go empty. I want you to know this morning God has a blessing for your life that the world is going to see that God has shown you favor. And you're not going to be empty-handed. How many believe you can believe the promises of God? When I was a kid coming up, a person gave their word and shook hands on it. What was that? Hmm? Now you can have a contract and put your name on it, and they carry you to court and try to break it. But God has given you a promise. He cannot lie. He's no respected person. There's no shadow of changing in him and what he wants to do. I have created. He said, I have already created your blessing. I've already created a favor for you. Praise God. It may not look like it, but I want you to know I've created. Hallelujah. Job 22 and 28. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you, and the light shall shine upon your way. 
Now, notice he said, I have what? Decreed a thing, and it shall what? Come to pass. The word here, the, a degree, a degree that I've uh, decreed means authoritarian order. Authoritarian order. You say, you can't order God. I beg your most humble pardon. You can. Isaiah said, command my hand, and I will do it. He said, don't give me no rest, and I will do it. When the centurion came, I want you to watch this. When the centurion came to Jesus, said, I am not worthy for you to do what? Come into my house. I am a man of what? What? No, it didn't say that. I'm sorry. I am a man under authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. What does that mean, Brother Billy? It means you under the authority of God, and what God has is yours. Amen. When you learn to speak with authority of what God has, he said, what I have is mine, and I'm going to give it to you because I know the authority. And that's why God, Jesus said, I've never seen such much faith in all in all Israel because he spoke with authority. You have to speak with authority. Hmm? Speak with authority. Hallelujah. Job in chapter 10 said, I know God. We're saying, I know God. He said, I know God. <laughs> And he has given me favor. How many can say that I know God and he's given me a favor? Amen. Is anybody in here say, I know God and he has given me favor? He said, I have decreed a thing and I know God and he's going to give me the favor that I asked for. And he got exactly what he asked for. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Wonderful God. Hallelujah. Jacob said, I'm not going to do what? I'm not going to let you go now. Titus 3 and 8 says, affirm. That means act like, talk like you've already got it consistently all the time. Talk like it, act like it. You go look it up and see what it means. Affirm, that's what it means. You talk like it, you act like it, you got it all the time. Hallelujah. You have the favor of God at all times. The blessings of God is on your house at all times. Sometimes it may not look like it. There was this young preacher. He started preaching. Nowhere to preach but the stockyards of Chicago. He had this thought. How many know the ever good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light? He had this thought. He seen there was a great need for young men and women to have a technical college, but he didn't have no money. He seen a need for it. And the people that needed that didn't have no money. He said, if I had, this was in the early 60s, he said, if I had a million dollars, I would build them a technical college. But I don't have a million dollars. He thought on it for two years. Two years he thought on it. And one day, he said, I know what I'm going to do. He sat down and said, Sunday morning, I'm going to preach on a message what I could do with a million dollars. 
And as soon as he sat down and began to write that, somebody tell me what happened. Hmm? Somebody want to tell me what happened? Well, I'll just tell you what he said. The Spirit of the Lord said to me, I had your million dollars for you two years ago, but you wasn't ready to receive it. How many know that God has your miracle right now? Are you ready to have the faith to receive it? Are you ready to receive what he's got right now? Is your faith strong enough to receive it right now? I love the story. I used to didn't see it this way, but till recently I've seen it this way. When the man came to Jesus with his son, throwing himself in the fire, and disciples couldn't do anything with him, and Jesus said, do you believe that I can do it? What did he say? I want to just get off this stage and run. I'm telling you. What did he say? Do what? That ought to rule him out right then, right? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he said, help my unbelief. And God helped his unbelief for him to believe. And that's why the boy got delivered. If you have unbelief this morning, I'm here from God to tell you that God will supply your need in the midst of your unbelief because he'll never forsake you or leave you. He knows our weakness. He knows how frail we are. But he's going to build us where we can receive the greatest thing that he has for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm weary and I'm torn, he might say. But I want you to know the physician is right there with you to lift you up. He wrote out his message. He got up in a hurry, running late for the pulpit, and he ran off and got in the pulpit, reached in his pocket, and what did he find? Quit laughing, Brother James. What did he find? His written message had been left behind. He got it and left it on his desk. He said, it turned out to be the greatest blessing I've ever had. I just got up and opened my mouth, and God filled my mouth. When I got through preaching, I sat down. Said a man sitting on the third row in the back got up and started down. I thought to myself, what is going to happen now? What is that man up to? He walked right down to the front and said, my name is Philip Armour. I have the five, $1 million for you for your school. Woo. He said, I have. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to know when did God furnish the million dollars for the preacher? Hello? How many know that God had your blessing a long time ago, your miracle a long time ago, but you have not come to the place of maturity of faith that you can receive it? Philip told him, said, you'll be in my office in the morning. I'll give you the million dollars because I believe what you said. You think the man was there the next morning? He was there. Said, so he was there. He walked in that office, and a man stood up behind his desk and said, here's your million dollars. I want you to know God has your blessings already for you. Hallelujah. He built a college and named it after the man, but they changed the name in the last several years. It's called Illinois Institution for Technology. It still exists today over one seed sown. One seed sown. Hallelujah.
Praise God. So will you come for prayer this morning? Your faith may not be where it ought to be, but you'll say, God, help me to have my faith. Hallelujah. To believe what you said. To Hallelujah. I tell you, he's a helper. He's a present help in the time. Is that not, is that not scripture? Sister Linda, you're a scholar. Is that not preacher? I'm a present help when? Oh, hallelujah. I'm the present help when you need me. You may not be there, but I'm the present help to help you to get where you need to go. I'll not forsake you and I'll not leave you. I'm here to help you. Praise God. Hallelujah. We have to decree things. The Bible said as long as they sought the Lord, everything they touched prospered. Find that in Second Chronicles. Bread of presence. Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 11 1, said, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for they shall surely find it after many days. He's talking about rice here, or a seed that's sown in the water. And they get out there and they trample that down. They use oxen, they use their feet. They trample that seed down in the water, down in the mud. If a seed has not been sown, there can be no harvest. If it's not a word spoken of faith, there cannot be no harvest. And you better be sure you're putting it in good ground. Good ground. Once you get it in good ground, you can expect a harvest. You can get a harvest in a bad ground, but you're only going to get very little. But if it's in good ground, notice here. They get this seed in the ground, what's going to happen? You get your seed sown, what's going to happen? You're going to get a harvest. You're going to get abundance. There's a tree that produces 400,000 seeds per year. Well, James Clayton told us one time, I believe it's on a Wednesday night, one grain of corn produces what? How many? 550 grains. One seed sowed in a good place will bring abundant harvest. Just, just, just one seed. And the seed means word. You get one word, you're going to get abundant harvest, the good things of God and the blessings of God. Hallelujah. So God bless you. Don't give up. When things look like they get worse, Hold on to God. He has a promise for you to fulfill. Something good is happening today. Something good not about to happen. Something good is happening today. It's happening right now. Such blessings we've never enjoyed and experienced before. So God bless you as they come.